Episode of the High Motor Podcast. Andrew Dowdy, Chase Kitty talking college football every single episode of the High Motor Podcast. Chase has more alcohol in his bloodstream at the moment than I do. Uh okay, here's the thing. If the if there's a bar directly across the street from you and they have a five hour happy hour, double does, cabs three dollars. It does double pours of cab for three dollars. You're losing money if you don't get drunk. But are you the winner when it's a cab though? Uh, I, I don't understand your position that wine tastes bad. I really don't get it. So as we sit here right now, I had in my notes that 35 games were scheduled for week four, but then, I don't know, four or five hours ago, Wake and Notre Dame postponed, so we're down to 34 games scheduled for week four. Hopefully that holds, but as we've been going the last four weeks, odds are pretty damn good that that won't hold and we'll settle somewhere in the 20s or low 30s. Hopefully we have a good slate. Starting with Thursday, uh, one game Thursday, one game Friday, and now with that Wake-Notre Dame cancellation, 32 on Saturday. By far the biggest slate of games in a single week and in a single day we've seen thus far this year. Headlined by the SEC's return, headlined by Big 12 Conference games, and also BYU has a home game, which if I'm wrong on this, please somebody tweet at me, at adowdy 88 if I'm wrong on this. The first home game, I believe, west of the central time zone this year, which means late night Saturday night football, Troy at BYU. We've talked a a lot about does this or does this not feel like a college football season? And I've said before, I don't think this is a real college football season. Now with Ohio State and the Big Ten back, I'm leaning more toward this is a real college football season. It doesn't feel like it, but... Maybe maybe I'm reaching here, but Troy at BYU with the 8:15 local time kickoff, 10:15 for you and those on the East Coast. This is the type of game that feels like real college football, doesn't it? Am I overstating that? But when we sit down and watch this game late on Saturday night, and for you, this is going to go until what 1:45 ish your time. Oh, it's going to be great. That, that feels like college football more than I mean. I'm not saying like a, a 2.30 for me, 3.30 for you, the SEC and CBS game isn't like the essence of college football, but so is this. Like I'm almost putting this on the same level in terms of what feels like college football, right? Yeah, I think what you're, the word you're looking for is undercard, right? Like you need some bullshit game and BYU's in the top 25 right now. So that's not to say these teams suck, but I think national picture, we don't really know how much this game actually matters. And that is, I think, to your point, that we you need some games that are a little bit out of the spotlight but still kind of relevant in the mix, worth watching. That's sort of that depth that gives college football the feeling that you, Andrew Dowdy, are looking for. So I totally see your point, and I'm looking forward to watching this game. Don't know that I'm going to be betting it. And, yeah, I want to get into that because that's the only game starting after 8 Eastern. So once that slate of 7.30 and 8 Eastern games wrap up on Saturday, BYU-Troy, the only game for, got at least the entire second half, maybe some part of the first half after those earlier games wrap up, probably going to get some betting attention because it's going to be kind of treated like that Sunday night football game or Monday night game being the only show on TV. 
So let's start this betting episode. If you are joining us for the first time, these later in the week episodes will always be shorter, always be heavy on betting with Chase here to make you some money. BYU Troy, we're talking here actually late on Tuesday. So if you're listening later in the week, these numbers might be a little bit off, but we're going to be generally in the right ballpark. BYU 14-point home favorites over Troy. Total on that game, I'm seeing 61. These lines that I'm referencing are coming off of Bavada again Tuesday night here. Are you touching this late night Saturday game, or is this a stay away for you? This, let's start with the spread. The spread, the game opens at 15.5, which is kind of a weird number. Pretty much immediately gets bet down to 14. If you're looking at taking a side on this game, my issue is I don't really know what to do with either one of these teams. So BYU looks like a straight-up playoff contender the way they beat the shit out of Navy a couple weeks ago. And then Troy, they're 1-0. I don't really know what to do with the game they've already had. Like, I just I don't know what to do with that. So I don't know how to grade really either one of these teams. I feel like I need a larger sample size. It's tough to lay two full touchdowns with BYU based on the description I just gave. I don't really want to go against BYU because of the Navy game, so I, I kind of want to stay away from a side here. If anything, I probably want to take uh, the the under, but the problem with that is the it's already come from 63 to 61, so you've already lost two points of value. I still think you could ride the under and have a decent shot at a win there, but this is probably a stay away from me. Uh, I would look for earlier opportunities in the day and then just kind of enjoy this game with no actual position. I think there's way better value throughout the day this Saturday than trying to force a bet here. Yeah, let's look early in the day, widen the lens here. The SEC is back, Kentucky at Auburn. That was one of my three early season upset picks. Really, really like Kentucky in that game. Auburn, seven and a half point favorites at home. Florida is a heavy road favorite at Ole Miss in your boys' first game in Oxford. LSU, a heavy home favorite over Mississippi State. few others we had briefly discussed offline that Georgia Arkansas line. Uh, you had me guess it. You had some thoughts on that. So I'm guessing you want to get into that. What about that game interests you uh, and anything else across the SEC in their opening weekend? All right. So there, there's one game that I'll get to in a minute that is an exception to this. But for the most part, what I'm looking at with the SEC, we have four really established teams, arguably the best four teams in the conference Alabama, Florida, Georgia, and LSU. Those four teams are playing against four teams who are breaking in new head coaches, have entirely new programs, and with one exception, Missouri, who had three practices, the other three programs had zero off-season practices. Nobody's played a game yet. What sides do you think I like? You know, I get that if you want to bet Alabama at Missouri this week, you have to lay 27. And there aren't a lot of pros out there who are going to consistently advocate you lay 27 points on the road. But you have to bet Alabama in the spot. You're talking about the machine of 21st century college football. Yes, I have criticisms of them. Yes, I think Saban is closer to the end of the line than he is to the beginning in Tuscaloosa. But you back that machine to keep being a machine against a new coach in his first game, who hasn't yet gotten to have a real practice. I mean, have that's... you taken any coaches this year in the first three weeks? Have you taken any teams whose 
coach is a first-year coach and didn't have the full offseason. Have you bet on any teams like that so far? Mm, I don't think so. I'd have to go back and look at all the bets that I've made. But I, I do know that those coaches do not have a good mark right now. If you put all those those numbers together, it's bad. What else across the SEC are you looking at? I know, again, we talked about that Georgia-Arkansas game, Florida Ole Miss, Kentucky-Auburn. What else do you like or not like across this conference? Well, yeah, it's kind of the same as what I was just saying, right? Bama laying 27 on the road against Missouri, first game as the head coach. Florida laying 14, or some books they're giving you 14 and a half, but it's in that neighborhood at Ole Miss, first game as the head coach, Lane Kiffin. Georgia laying 26 at Arkansas. I think early in the year with Georgia, we have enough history where you got to be a little careful laying those big numbers. They come out a little flat in some of the big games, especially in SEC openers. But I feel pretty confident saying they should cover that number even on the road because of all of the reason I was just talking about. First game as a head coach, no real practices. I'm going to trust that Arkansas still kind of sucks. And then LSU, Mississippi State, this is of these four This is the one I would be the most hesitant to bet. For one thing, LSU opened at 19. It's already come down to 16 and a half. I have said repeatedly all offseason, I am not on LSU this year. I don't think they're going to be anywhere in the same galaxy as they were last year. I don't know how much Orgeron is responsible for everything that happened last year. I, I wonder... Does Brady and Burrow deserve a lot more? uh, Were they more responsible for what happened Mm -hmm. last year than than him and that head coach? It's not really fair for me to say that, but I'm sorry. That's just kind of what I believe. Uh, And then everything going on with LSU and the COVID tests and that, okay, they're fine now, but still this line has moved so much. I just want to stay away from this one. The one that is not part of this foursome of experienced program versus brand new toss them to the wolves kind of situation. Texas A&M against Vanderbilt. Uh, This is an interesting situation because A&M is opening at Vanderbilt and then next week they're playing Alabama. They're laying 30 and a half on the road right now. I think that's up from about 29 or 28 and a half where it opened. Uh, That could be an interesting spot to bet Vanderbilt assuming Texas A&M is maybe looking ahead toward a bigger game. I think I would have preferred to have taken the under when it opened at 50. That just seems like an ugly SEC game to me where maybe Texas A&M is slow to get going and Vanderbilt doesn't score a lot of points just because they're outclassed athletically. But the line has already moved from 50 to 46 and a half. So you've lost a ton of value there. I feel like the total's off the table. Vanderbilt plus the 30 in the hook is an interesting bet. I don't know that I'm going to make it, but on paper, it definitely looks like a sharp kind of play. For that one, I don't know if you misspoke or if you're evaluating it incorrect, but that game is in College Station. So it's Vandy at Texas A&M. I don't know if you misspoke or you're looking at Yeah, I think I have my notes backwards, but even even then, I still think I'm taking the 30 and a half with Vanderbilt if I'm taking a position on that game. The idea being they're looking past this opener, looking to Alabama next week. Does something like that scare you? So I'm seeing the total right now. Yeah, like you said, 46 and a half, uh, 30 and a half, that line on Bavada. When there's a total that's that low with a spread that's that high, does that scare you either taking the total or the spread? Well, it tells you, I think, first and foremost, that they don't expect a lot of offense from Vanderbilt, right? Because the math says that this game should be something like 35 to 10 or 35 to 13. So uh, I think you have to pick 
your I think it'd be really hard to bet the side and the total with opposing philosophies. Like it would be really hard to bet Vanderbilt plus 30 and a half and then also bet the over. That that would be kind of crazy and then vice versa. So I think you probably need to pick your spot. Or I, I've talked before about the idea of parlaying in a situation like this, the under and then the underdog. You're assuming uh, if if you get some kind of ugly low-scoring game, then you're probably in position to hit both of those. So you might as well multiply the odds together. So it kind of just depends on what you're trying to do, what you're trying to accomplish, what kind of play you're trying to make. For me... This is Vanderbilt or pass. You can't come out of the gate and lay all those points with Texas A&M, with the Alabama game next week. I get that it's Vanderbilt, but this is why pros are pros. They don't look at the team. They look at the number. They take the big number, and they just ride it out with ugly teams. And they understand that if they lose, they lose, but they're going to win more of those than they lose. Before we get to best bets to, to wrap this up here, you mentioned parlays, and last week on the show we talked about your parlay strategy, what you had learned through the first couple of weeks. What are you taking into this week in terms of your strategy? Do you like any parlays? Are you going big with these and looping in four, five, six games? Or are you just taking two or three games or, or two or three uh, numbers within a game? Anything in the book so far? Yeah, to be honest, I really haven't looked at parlays that much this week. I thought there was an opportunity to you're still probably laying something that's juiced even put together with four or five or six teams last week, but I thought there were opportunities. This week, we're getting more into conference play stuff, and I really think that's a dangerous place to try to do big money line uh, tie-togethers like I have done historically and made a decent amount of money on historically. Uh, So this week, I was more just focused on finding good spots for single straight bets. Let's talk about those best bets. I'm looking over again at these lines. Uh, Baylor, pretty heavy favorite at home, 16.5. I was a little bit surprised that wasn't higher given the showing Kansas had against Coastal Carolina two weeks ago. Virginia Tech at home, 7-point favorite over NC State. You also have Tennessee, South Carolina within that SEC group. Florida State, Miami, uh, North Texas, Houston. What are your best bets for this week? Yeah, so I've got a few. I'll mention out of the gate something I mentioned in our, in our preseason podcast which is this is what an interesting spot for East Carolina opening their season catching 26 and a half points at home against UCF. I don't think that it's one of my better bets this week, but I do want to mention it right at the start and just kind of get it out of the way. Uh, going through some of my notes here. First of all, Miami, Florida State. This line has already come up two points. It could go up 12 points and I'd still think about taking it. Miami has looked really strong so far this uh, this year, okay? And I get that it's a small sample size, and I get that it's Miami, and we have a long history with many years of disappointments, looking promising earlier, and then absolutely shitting the bed. I acknowledge all of that. I am not a Miami guy. But you have to look at this game as two programs going in completely different directions. Miami has looked really good. We think they're probably going to continue to look good. It opened at 9.5. It's now 11.5. On the other hand, you have Florida State, who has looked fairly incompetent, lost to a Georgia Tech team that a lot of people think still is one or two years away from even being in the top half of the ACC. And their coach has coronavirus right now. I don't know how much that really affects the day-to-day, but I can't think that it's a positive thing. So how do you not lay the 11 and a half points with Miami, how do you not expect that they're going to come out here and win by two, three, four touchdowns? It's just, this seems like a total mismatch. 
I don't know what I'm missing. I would lay Miami if you're going to bet this game. Uh, that seems like a really strong pick right out of the gate. Uh, staying in the ACC here, Duke, UVA. I've seen a lot of pros a couple weeks in now. They're starting to give major value to teams that are already a couple games into their season playing against teams that haven't played yet. And Duke-UVA is one of those games. Now, I get that it's Duke, and, and like I was just talking about with Vanderbilt, sometimes you back ugly teams, and this might be an example of that. I don't think Duke is as bad as Vanderbilt. We've talked it it's extensively in previous episodes of this podcast about how interesting Duke is just as a football concept. Duke has already played two games. They're playing against a UVA team that hasn't played yet, that I don't believe hasn't had a practice yet, and that is losing a ton from last year's team that won the Coastal Division. I expect UVA to take a step back to begin with. I get that the game, I believe, is in Charlottesville, but the fact that they're laying five points here, I think Duke could very easily win outright. This seems like a really questionable line to me, so I would be back in Duke here. Uh, let's keep going down the list here. Georgia Southern is catching two full touchdowns going against Louisiana. Uh, this game opened at 15 and a half. It's already down to 14. If you can get it at 14, I think it's good value for the same reason I said that Georgia State was good value last week. Louisiana goes up to Ames. They beat Iowa State. And now they're on everybody's radar as a good G5 team. That's awesome. Good for their program. But now it's time to bet against them because that's how this works, Right. If you bought low on Louisiana when they upset Iowa State, great. The value is there. As soon as they beat a P5 team, now the betting market is going to skyrocket their value and you want to bet against them one, two, three, four games in a row. I was on Georgia State last week. That was an easy win. They were catching uh, like 17 points and the game went to overtime. So that's an automatic cover as soon as the fourth quarter hits triple zeros. Same situation here. Georgia Southern is fairly consistent. They're catching two touchdowns. I don't care what the game is. I don't care what the team is. I couldn't name one player for you on Georgia Southern right now. It's all about economics. Give me Georgia Southern plus the 14. Getting away from that whole economics idea, something we referenced in the last episode, West Virginia, Oklahoma State. If Oklahoma State's offensive line doesn't figure their shit out, then the Stills brothers are going to murder them this week. I don't know how good this West Virginia team is, but I'm going to take eight and a half points with West Virginia because they could win outright if Oklahoma State looks like garbage again. Syracuse is at home catching eight and a half points against a Georgia Tech team that we've already documented. We don't really know what to do with them yet. Again, same situation as West Virginia. Syracuse could win this game outright. It's in New York and they're catching more than a touchdown. Give it to me. I don't know that I'm going to bet this next one, but TCU Iowa State, this is, let me go back to my Iowa State rant from a couple weeks ago. Iowa State is going on the road in conference and they're laying points. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I get that TCU, we're not quite sure what they are this year, but if you're going to take a side in this game, I think TCU is the side to be on plus the two and a half. You mentioned Kansas and Baylor. I actually like the under in this game. I don't want to lay that many points with Baylor. I definitely don't want to back Kansas. But this is not your slightly older brother's Baylor team. This is not an Art Bryles Baylor team that's going to score 55 points and lose. They have some defensive players. They are not playing the stereotypical Big 12 football right now. I get that it's a new coach. It's a new regime. So maybe some things are going to change. 
But I think that this game, given both team styles, is probably not going to be a 45-48 kind of game. So I like under 62.5. And App State minus 35.5 versus Campbell, I think on principle, you're not going to hear me tell you to lay that many points a whole lot. But Campbell is playing its third consecutive road game against an FBS school in three weeks. App State lost to Marshall in Huntington last week. So I've got to think they're going to come back and just lay the whipping on an FCS team that's probably pretty exhausted, not very good to begin with. If you can buy the extra half point there and get it down to 35, I would look at App State there. All right, and remember that Chase is on Twitter at Chase A. Kitty. If you had any questions about some other games that we didn't get to, NC State, Virginia Tech, if you were curious about that Boston College line, South Florida, FAU, whatever it is, at Chase A. Kitty on Twitter. We'll be back on Monday looking back at week four, unpacking those SEC games unpacking whatever happens in the sewer that is the Big 12 right now. That'll be available right away on Monday morning, 6 a.m. Central. We hope you come back for that. And then a week later, a week from now, for the Week 5 preview heavy betting again. That'll be next Thursday, same time. Usually drops about 6 a.m. Thanks for dropping by the High Motor Podcast. I saw a friend today, it had been a while. And we forgot each other's name. But it didn't matter cause deep inside The feeling still remained the same We talked of knowing one before you've met And how you feel more than you see And other worlds that lie in spaces in